guys, I'm Bethany. And I'm not Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. Wait. This is a different episode. So this week's going to be a little bit different. Uh It's our second to last episode, right? Yes, it is. Second to last episode. So does that mean one of us has question of the day? Yeah. Because neither one of us are prepared for question of the day. Is it my turn? No, I I think it's mine. Oh, good. I hope you're prepared for question of the day because (laughs) I'm not. I am not at all. Hold on. Let me find one really fast. Let me filibuster. I'm going to talk about (laughs) um, the weather. Okay. So... How's the weather? The weather is cold. Okay, there's my question. I that was a great filibuster. If okay, what's your like favorite season slash? If you had one ideal type of weather, what would it be? Uh, fall. Okay. But like mid-ish fall, yeah. not when it's getting cold, but yeah. not when it's just ridiculously hot. It, I yeah. love <laughs> fall in Georgia is mid seventies. Yes. That's great for me. It's funny. I was thinking about that this weekend because I was in Florida, which I've never been to Florida in January. And so it was like sunny and 75 to 80 all weekend long. Um, And so it was amazing. And so I got to thinking about, I was like, it's funny. There's things I love about every season. And then it hit me. My absolute favorite season is not a season at all because my absolute favorite is winter changing to spring when it's you've gone from cold, 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 and it starts to get a little warmer. And then also that transition into fall before it gets super mm-hmm. cold where it's, I think I just like the change. You know, I like, I love summer. I love going to the beach. I love the pool. Like, I love that. I love fall. It's football. I love the winter because Christmas, like I love things about each season, but I think my absolute favorite is that in between when it's changing and there's like something in the air. I just don't like it being ridiculously hot. So if you can bring down the heat a little bit, but keep it warm, yeah, to where I can wear still still wear a t-shirt or something like that, yeah, I'm good. But I don't like the spring as much because allergies. Oh my oh, god! Yeah, you do you do struggle. <laughs> I struggle in the spring so yeah. much, and we're getting ready to, to get that direction. Uh-huh. Went two months and we're in yeah. spring, and I'll be crying every single day. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's because I sneezed a million and one times, my allergies are just completely on fire, <laughs> or if it's just because I'm sad just about because. all of the pollen on my car. <laughs> but it'll be awful. Man, I remember I had a yellow Xterra. It was one of my first cars. And it was awesome because you want to know what you didn't see in the spring? The pollen. pollen. It was great. Okay. So we are going to just jump right into it because we have a lot to cover, but we don't have a ton of time to record. So we are going to have a little bit of a full circle moment today since it is the uh, second, second to, last. to last episode. And next week is kind of a special wrap up episode. You don't want to miss it. We may or may not have already recorded it. <laughs> oh, just tell on us. Why don't you? Um, but no, we, uh, I, it, it, I think you're going to really like it. So definitely come back then. But Today, we wanted to kind of have a little bit of a full circle moment and also answer you guys' questions. So we are going to take it back to the original days of CouchCast. And I was planning to write all these out, put them in a hat, and we would draw them out and all of that. But I did not have time. So what we're going to do is, Dalton, you are going to pick between the numbers 1 and 5,000. No. We have eight questions that are newer from CouchCast. And so... We are going to answer them, but we don't know what they are. So pick a number, I'll read the question, and we are off to the races. Seven. Seven is, <laughs> is it a sign that a guy likes you when he very frequently teases you? And why do guys tease? So is that stereotype true, Mr. Resident 
male opinion. I thought you were just going to say Mr. Resident Male. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Well, as the resident male, I say yes. Okay. I think that's a pretty sure sign, unless he's just the most ridiculously sarcastic person. Here's the thing that I always say to judge it is, is he consistent across the board with it? Mm. If a guy is uh, teasing very particularly with only one person or a very few number of persons, that's that's a pretty good sign he's interested. Yeah. If he's just sarcastic and likes to mess with people, Across the board, every single person, his guys, his girls, whatever. Yeah. Maybe not. Read the room on that one yeah. a little bit more. But speaking as a guy and one that does that, um, I feel like it's a pretty good sign. Yes. Thoughts? What What have you noticed in the past? That has been my my experience in the past too. Is if it's a deviation from the the pattern with the general population at large. Or even if it's just different in how he teases. Like, a guy may joke around with his buddies, mm-hmm. but he's really nice to all the girls, but he gives you a really hard time. Guy, uh, guys don't tease one another. Really? We Are pick at one another. Are too fragile? Or like... No, no, no. We pick at one another. Oh, okay. And there's a difference. Okay, maybe you should explain the difference. I, I think teasing is typically more playful okay. and almost like borderline flirtatious. Gotcha. It's not negative it's not really negative okay guys we'll just dig at one another okay and push buttons to push buttons uh so it's different teasing and picking are two completely different things at least in my world yeah if that makes sense if i'm teasing like you you do something Uh uh-huh and it's not that i'm going to pick at you for oh why would you do that that's ridiculous you're an idiot anything like that (laughs) we never do that but you do something that's either endearing, funny, whatever, and you just kind of pick that little uh-huh. thing to hold on to and remind yeah. them. You remember when you did this? Uh-huh. Remember when you said this? Yeah. Or you fell outside of this place and uh, <laughs> your face turned really red and all of this. Like things like that where they're showing, okay, I was paying attention to little details and little things. Yeah. But it's just playful. Yeah. Well, and even within that, like one thing I pick up on as a girl, like when a guy is doing that is – there's an element of it's almost like he's he's not claiming his territory. It's not that. But there's an element of you're kind of letting everyone else know, hey, I know this. Like, we have things in common. Yeah. I know this. Hey, remember that time? Hey, this. I'm going to tease you about that. Because I know her differently than you you people do mm-hmm. in that sense. Like, is that – that's how it comes across to girls a lot of times. Is that – I mean, I don't know if it's fully a claiming territory there. No, I know that's not um, like phrasing, but – I think it's more actually has more to do with the person that's the focus of the teasing and less to do with other people. Okay. Like other guys, we don't really do the territorial thing unless okay. we know someone else is interested. Then things change. Gotcha. For the most part, we're pretty straightforward of I'm interested in that person. Cool. Go for it. <laughs> so the teasing is gotcha. more, About at least object. for me, is... I don't say object. That's not awful. Sorry, the object of the teasing, as opposed to anyone else. The I, the subject. Okay, subject. That is receiving. <laughs> the recipient. Yes, not object. Okay. Objectifying <laughs> women over here. Gosh. Uh, that wasn't teasing people. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it's it's typically more to get the attention of the one person okay. rather than the crowd. Okay. Um. Good one. Five. Five is 
What are some appropriate ways to let a guy know you're interested in him? Um, so number this would be one, from a female perspective. So we're thinking, you know, it's not being too forward. It's not leading. It's not, you know, all those things that we get told we shouldn't do. Well, in Christian spheres, uh-huh. I would say it's more on regular communication uh-huh. because. For the most part, I found Christian community is weird about dating. Yep. And won't <laughs> regularly communicate with members of the opposite sex unless A, they're related, or B, they're interested. That is so true. So, girl, if you just show mm-hmm. communication lines and are, I really want to be around this person, I really want to talk to this person, yep. that's a good indicator, at least that I've seen, that you're interested. The other option, I think this is just a better option in general, is to go get a poster board, right? I like you, and then tape it to your back. <laughs> it's the easiest way to do it. You heard it here first, guys. No, I think you're right. I think you said... Which part? The, the poster board? Not that oh. part. Going back to prior to the poster board, um, you said just letting someone know, I want to be around you. That's what I always tell girls. If you're not wanting to just go straight up, tell a guy, hey, I'm interested in, I feel like there's something here more than friends I'm interested in seeing, and let's go out. If that's not what you're wanting to do, if you're wanting to just show him that you're interested, my number one piece of advice was be where he is. Yep. Um, you can't show interest in someone, really, if you're not where they are. <clears throat> so it's not texting him a lot. It's not whatever. It's be around him. Be in the circle season. Be in the conversations he's in. Don't be clingy. Don't be stalkery. But just be where he is. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, um, unless you are some sort of major, like, straight face, uh, people are going to pick up on it. We all have trouble disguising it when we like someone. So I say just do that, and you should be fine. Uh, communication and time around one another is typically a pretty telltale sign. Agreed. Okay. Um, Eight. Eight? Wait, what did you do before? Seven. Seven? Okay. Ooh, this is a <laughs> this is a doozy. How can I tell if I'm over an ex and I'm actually ready to move on? And then if she says here, girl asking here. Okay. As the resident female, <laughs> give your two cents. Um, for me, and this is a, a, a simplified yeah. version we can dive into a little bit more. For me, at whatever point... Dating sounds fun again. I'm like, I'm usually in a pretty good place of like, okay, I think I'm over this and ready to move on. Because once you, when you break up with someone, no one immediately actually think dating sounds fun. They may think, well, I need to get back out there in order to prove something to that person, in order to get back at them. That's not fun. That's just mean. So if it's been an appropriate amount of time to where dating sounds fun again, and it's independent of anything having to do with that original person, um, that's where I'm like, okay, I'm at a place to start thinking about dating again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't tell you how long that takes, but I will say, I mean, if you dated a guy for three weeks and it doesn't work out and you break up, okay, if you want to immediately, that's fine. Like it was a few weeks, Mm -hmm. you know? If it's a relationship that ends, I also think there's a lot of wisdom in talking to someone who knew the relationship and who knows you well, who can kind of give you some specific pertinent advice 
to help you know you're not making an emotional decision, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I would definitely agree on that one. Community. Yep. Your community can speak into that, and they know. Sometimes my friends know what I'm thinking better than I even do mm-hmm. because they know the questions to ask to help me parse it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that get that community and get it quick. Yeah. People that can look at you and go, mm, no, you're not ready. You think you are, but you're not ready. I literally watched you the other night sitting with a tub of ice cream watching a sad movie. <laughs> We're not there yet. Yeah. Um, or they can look at you and go, oh, yeah, we think you've been ready to go for yeah. a while. Yeah. The, the question that I would ask is, why do you want to be in that relationship? How you answer the question. The perspective one? Yeah. The okay. person The person that uh, I'm, I'm wanting to get back out there. Why? Mm. What's your reasoning? Yeah. Well, I just, I'm really lonely and I want to find someone. No. <clears throat> um, I think it's been enough time from so-and-so and even though it really hurt me. Or how about this one? Insert X's name here is dating someone else. So oh, it must no, have been long no, enough. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I'm really excited about what God might do through a new relationship. I'm, I'm wanting to get myself back out there and, and just enjoy this process again. Ding, yeah. go for it. Or you're saying, you know, I've, I've reflected on that. I've processed, I've learned from it. Mm. I've grown from it. I've seen where I was off base in that I've seen what I could do better and like I have I have learned and grown from that and I think I'm ready to try again like I think that's a valid response I I really think we're on to the biggest point of um ask the right questions yeah Mm -hmm. ask yourself the right questions have other people ask you those questions yes and I would say this is one of those things where we can speak to it in generalities Mm -hmm. but this is why your community is so important and not dating in a bubble which I have said for six years now because they can speak to you specifically about it they know those questions to ask they know what your patterns look like and they can get to the heart of that whereas we we just can't because of the the medium that this is. Now I will say if you're asking us this because you've asked other people and they've said, Hey, I don't think you're ready. Um, I'm going to agree with them. <laughs> yeah. Don't come to us because other people didn't give you the answer. You don't want it. You don't want to hear. Um, okay. Does that sound good? Yep. Two. Two is okay. This one is, I'm going to parse down a long question. Okay. This girl is talking about at her church, there's a very lopsided ratio of men Single men to single women, heavy on the girl side. Okay. And so when in, whenever a new guy comes to the church, all of the older, well-intentioned people spring into action trying to set up these girls with this new guy, and the poor guy just gets overwhelmed. So her question is, what can I do to help change the culture and lovingly speak up for what is true in this situation, that everyone doesn't have to like be coupled up, that it's not, oh, let's just descend on this guy. Like, what are some things that you can do to kind of be kind, but also speak truth in that situation? Um, kindness is not always saying gentle words. Mm. So sometimes the kindest thing you can do is say a hard word. Because I think in that situation, there is an obsession over relationships and over dating and marriage and whatever else you want to say. It's an idol. Uh, and control. Ooh, ooh. Because, ooh, if I can set him up, I can I can help find someone for him. And in the church, we can plug him in with this person, and I can be in control of that. 
I think some hard words would need to be said if those yeah. are the reasons. But it requires you to say something. Yeah. You, you can't just leave it that way. And and what I would want to say to the crowd of people, while maybe well-intentioned, he's a man. And he's really supposed to be leading out in that way in general. So why don't you let him breathe? Give him a second. Let him get to know the people that are there. And let him lead out in that. You can mention to him, hey, have you thought about so-and-so? What are your thoughts about this person? Not as a way to try and control or get him to see someone in your friend group, but just as a loving person that cares for them and wants to ask questions, let him be a man. (laughs) Yeah. What are your thoughts? No, I think, yeah, I think those are the things that need to be said to people. It's just tough. (sighs) It's tough as when you're one of the people that they're trying to quote unquote help mm-hmm. because any a lot of times anything you say back is like, well, she's just frustrated or she just, you know, it's not taken super seriously. And so I do think, yeah, like say you, you want to be direct, but also make sure there's no hint of bitterness Mm -hmm. or snarkiness um there's a time for that but i think if you're trying to change a culture it's it's not the time for snark um i think too though if you're one of let's say 10 to a dozen girls all in this same boat and you're all dealing with these comments i think it's also fine there's a fine line here you don't want to sit around and talk about oh can you believe what she said or i can't believe they said this to me like we're not going to get into gossip and slander or whatever else, but it's fine to say, okay, here's what the culture is. Here's what we would like it to be. So let's be a united front. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, there's <laughs> solidarity in numbers. So let's approach this together and y'all be on the same page so that when you get those comments or when you see that happening to the poor dude who's been there twice, you can, as a group, say, hey, let's just leave him alone. Hey, let's not. I know... Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe he would be a great match for someone, but let's give him some space to breathe. Just kind of be proactive in putting those ideas out there. It's like throwing a steak into a pack of rabid dogs. <laughs> just yes. pounce on it. And I've seen it happen. On, in from our both church. sides. Yes. Where I just, I feel so bad. Because, you know, I'll see someone new and I'm like, oh, I know what's coming. And sure enough, it's like a magnet piece mm-hmm. come out of the woodwork. That I'm like, oh, I know what they're talking to him about, you know? And, oh, I just hate it for him. I mean, if you're trying to change the culture, why don't you ask some good questions, too? Yeah. Uh, Hey, have you you noticed that this is kind of the trend when Uh any new guy shows up? Why is that? Yeah. What's your thought process in that? You know, that kind of thing. Is that the best? Mm. Ask good questions because when you ask questions, people have to think it through for themselves. And when they do that, they typically buy in more to... The changing of the narrative. Yeah, it's kind of the, the age-old thing. Let them think it was their idea. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Six. Six is... Oh, this one. The, I think you're going to like this one. This one's going to have a theology component to it. Is dating really God's will for us? It isn't in the Bible, and breakups don't feel natural. I'm more of the mindset that God didn't design us to have emotional intimacy with someone of the opposite sex other than our spouse. So are we cheating on our future husbands by dating? Um, 
Man, that's a multi-layered question. <laughs> so, yes. Which? Is dating God's mm. will for us? Well, we're here. Mm. So, yes. This this goes into an interesting conversation about the, the will of God. There's both his revealed will and his secret will. The revealed will would be his word of God, that which he has showed us, the the Bible, how we walk in obedience to him, how we are to operate in faithfulness to what he has called us to. And then there's the secret will, um, that which God has not revealed to us, the things that he is working out. I'll give you an example in dating relationships. Um God's revealed will is, unless he's given you the gift of singleness, to pursue a spouse. The thing you don't know is the name of your future spouse, or when you'll meet them, or how you'll meet them. So how do you, how do you marry those two things? How do you—no pun intended—how um, <laughs> do, do you figure out how you connect the revealed will of find that which God has called good in marriage— but never really knowing until you get married who your future spouse is. You got to do it some way. Yeah. And you, depending on how you do it, I mean, there's so many different ways and operations that are out there, arranged marriages yeah. and uh, courtship and dating and community and just the world's version of dating. And I think there's so many different ways that we've tried to figure out out how to get to this marriage piece. Our argument is that dating is not a bad thing if done biblically. Yep. And yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Of I think in order to really answer this question, you have to take it to another, take it down a level mm-hmm. too. Is dating in such a way that you are honoring the Lord by honoring that person, by being selfless and wise in how you pursue them for the purpose of marriage. Is that God's will? Yes. Is dating like the world does with no regard for the other person and being a very consumeristic self-serving thing, is that God's will? No. We just unfortunately call it all dating. Um, And I think when the question then goes into dating isn't in the Bible and breakups don't feel natural and you know, that you shouldn't have emotional intimacy with someone other than your spouse. I agree with all of those Uh things. And I don't think dating and those things are unavoidably the same. No. And and that's one of the things that we've talked about on the show before is guarding your heart and your emotions Mm -hmm. of doing certain things and not doing certain things so that you don't have spiritual intimacy, emotional intimacy, physical intimacy. You need to be very cautious about those things because... What you're doing in dating is getting to know someone, like you were saying, for the purpose of marriage and evaluating, is this the person that I want to marry? Yeah. Based upon what God's word said I should look for. Mm-hmm. So if that's the process and you're doing it that way, I would say, yeah. The will of God for us is to go through this process of meeting other believers, of getting to know them in community, pursuing relationships with them in the hopes that it leads to marriage, based upon what God has said you should look for in marriage. That's all good. Breakups, unfortunately, happen Yeah. because we're human, mm-hmm. and we do this imperfectly. This is not a one-to-one correlation, but like the greatest breakup in the entire Bible is Paul and Barnabas. Hmm. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a 
dating relationship, obviously, um, but they were missionaries that served together, getting a disagreement on how things should do and if Mark should be brought on the trip or not, and they part. There is a friendship breakup there. So even though it's not a dating relationship, it was a Christian relationship. That wasn't natural. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily good that the two of them argued over something and then ended a friendship for a time. And yet, God used that to move them to different regions of the world to double the church planting effort, and eventually they would come back and be good friends again because Paul writes, bring Mark to me, he's of great value. Uh So that's where you get into the secret will versus the revealed will and the theology behind all of that. Breakups shouldn't be natural because it's relationships that are ending in pain and frustration Yet at the same time, the Lord can work through yeah. that to sanctify you, to prepare you for the next relationship. So you need to have that tension and that balance, but yeah. all the while trying to line it up with, what does God's Word say? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to be faithful? Who am I supposed to look for? Biblical standards. And you move towards that and realize the human element is always going to be a part of it. Yeah, and talk about it doesn't feel natural. I would say... It's part of that we live in a fallen world. There's a lot of things that don't feel natural. And it's that tension that we were created for something different. And we're struggling against the things that don't feel natural because we're in a fallen world. And so, like you were saying, it's not natural. It's not perfect. But God uses Mm -hmm. the imperfect to grow us more like him. And so there's redemption in that. Okay, let's see. We've done two, five, six, seven, eight. I'm uh, feeling three. <clears throat> oh, this is just a fun one. Basically talking about how do you navigate who pays for what during the dating period? It's like, I feel like I should offer or at least <laughs> she's like, or at least do the fake reach for the wallet. It's like, but sometimes we're doing something that I can't really afford and it was his idea. So how do you navigate who pays for what? And I like you answer that I will from... Obviously, different perspectives. Uh, tell you what I've been doing. <laughs> uh, I pay for things. So, everything. Uh, not fully everything. If you could, would you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's not an issue of could financially. No, no. I, yeah, I know. That's what I meant. Um, so early on, I mean, I've hinted at this, obviously, at this point. <laughs> but early on, it was... I pay for things, but it wasn't really a conversation. And then it became a conversation when she said, uh, let me pay for some things. Yeah. It's like, I really, for me, it's a blessing and a joy. I want to do that. So I told her early on, this is why. It's not out of some male bravado or pride. It's just something that I love to do. Uh, It's an act of service and a joyful thing. So I love to do it. And I told her that. So is it like the guy, I think you should lead out in that. Mm Mm-hmm. And be honest with your financial situation. If you can't afford to do a ton of things, A, try and plan things that you can't afford, and B, you can let her know. And if that's a side note, if that's a problem to a girl, the not doing expensive things, that's a red flag. Yeah. Like that that speaks to different issues that I would want to dive into a little bit more. But I think that's something that the girl can and potentially should still ask and offer okay because it in in what i have felt and experienced it shows 
not trying to disrespect you and wanting to lead out in this way or anything like that. I just care and want to help out if I can. So I appreciated that. And I said, no, this is, I got this. Yeah. It's fine. I'm not worried about it. I'll pay for it. Thank you for offering. That was very kind. You can respond a couple different ways. No, I really wanted to. <laughs> or, well, that's very kind. Thank you. Yeah. And it's just knowing the thankfulness part. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're thankful for me wanting to do that, I'm going to appreciate it even more. Yeah. I mean, there's been a couple of times where I lost the battle and <laughs> they paid for you something. You got outsmarted. I did. There were a couple of times I got outsmarted. Um, and that's fine too. Yeah. I'm it's, not taking yeah. that as a slight against me or anything like that. They wanted to do it. Yeah. So you can. Yeah. But for the most part, I I want to lead out on that. Yeah. That's just that's who I am, and I would argue that's what most men should do. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, my I'm kind of in the same place you are of like I'm going to offer. But for me, it's usually about the third date or at that point where you're like, you know, the first few dates you're going and then you're like, oh, are we going to do this again? I don't know. Like, and then he asks you out again. Once you get to that place, you may not have had the DTR, you may not be in a relationship, but you're at that place of like, okay, we're dating. We, it's understood. We're going to just keep going out. I will offer at that point and say, Hey, I really appreciate this, but I don't want you to feel like you have to pay for everything. I'm happy to pick up my part or I'm happy to pay for things every once in a while. Just let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, in the early stages, I've never had a guy take me up on that. Um, but yeah, once you're like in a solid relationship and it's like, okay, we're going to go to a movie or we're going to go do this and it's not like some big date. Okay. I'll get the tickets or I'll do whatever. I think that's fine. Yeah. I think it's fine. You know, one of the things that makes me actually feel comfort comforted and appreciated is when she later on in a relationship, not early on, early yeah. on, bring, bring your wallet, make an <laughs> offer if you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, later on in the relationship, she just knows you got it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that feeling. Yeah, where you're like, oh, I hadn't even thought about paying for anything. <laughs> and I, like, I won't ask. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to ask, but yeah. I, I appreciate it when they feel so comfortable with me. Like, I'm not bringing them along. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Great. I support this. Yeah. Uh, um, let's see. We did three, two, three. What? I think we have four left. We did no, two, three. Five, six, seven, eight. So, so we have, I'm saying, you can say four, and that's, we have number four left, not four We didn't questions. do one either. I know, but I'm saying, let's pick one more. <laughs> oh, one more. And number four was left. Oh, you're Is just, that, uh, what, and what about number one? Over, we can do number one. I was just saying, four was what caught me. Do you want to do four? Let's see. Four, yes, let's do four. Okay, do four, fine. <laughs> Take away the choice. <laughs> it would be quicker, and we're running out of time. Um, so the question is, and I'm just curious on this one, maybe that's why. How can I tell if a quiet guy likes me? Mm. I don't know. I'm not quiet. I know, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm very loud. Some quiet and friends. honest about it. <laughs> that's tough. If he's not quiet with you. Mm. So, like, I mean, there's, there's levels of quiet yeah. where it's just awkward. And then it's really hard to read because they're awkward across the board. He's awkward because he but likes you. But it's an efforted awkward. The I guess the quiet they're talking about is just like not really stoic, but somebody that is a man of few words not super and maybe. not super expressive. I honestly think it's not that hard to tell. I think it goes because back to... if you're paying attention, mm-hmm. 
and you're really looking at them, yeah. and you know they don't normally talk to a lot of people. And he's talking to you. Even if it's in still what you would consider as a talkative person, right. a short conversation, mm-hmm. for them it's not. Right. He's making that effort. I think it goes back to before about how how can I, the teasing and everything else. If he's like, if he is, a, if he is around you the same way he is around everyone else, I would not have any reason to think that mm. he likes you. But even if he's a quieter guy and he's different around you than he is everyone else, take that for what it is. He's not going to magically become a not quiet guy. Yeah. He's always going to be more reserved. He's always going to be a little more subdued. But if that looks different around you than it does other people, I think that's your answer. It requires a little bit of observation. But yeah. even a blind squirrel finds nut occasionally. <laughs> and on that note, guys, <laughs> I think we can call it. This is... What are we calling it? Looking for the middle. That's right. That's <laughs> oh, right. my word. Okay, guys. We will wrap up there. This is our second to last episode. We will be back next week with a special guest. And For a the lot last of, time. A lot of reminiscing. Yeah, we won't say this next week. So check back then. But until then, I'm Bethany. And I'm Dalton. And this is Looking for the Middle. Looking for the Middle.